I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Sam Ferguson. Sam is the Vice President for Student Affairs and Intercollegiate Athletics at McMurray University in Abilene, Texas. During part two of my conversation with Sam, we talk about his hiring practices, the challenge of wearing multiple hats, his daily habits, and much, much Sam is a stud. I'm sure you'll learn and enjoy a ton from this podcast. So without further ado, my conversation with Sam Ferguson. Um, you mentioned hiring. Walk us through your um we'll keep it general because I know e- I, I I know there's a different process probably that goes into maybe football as opposed to SID. Um, but let's talk coaching hires. Walk us through your process. Well, we are probably a little bit different than lots of your guests at the Division Three level. We are at a small school, and when we hire a football coach, that football coach is going to touch most of the people on our campus. So um, it can't be Sam's football coach. You know, it can't be Sam's pick. Mm. We, we get lots of people involved in the process. So we'll set up a We'll set up a uh, committee. We'll screen the, com- the the candidates. How many on the committee? It varies depending on who's available, what time of year, and um, but four or five is a good committee. Okay. Try to make it, try to make it diverse. Try to get lots of perspectives. Um, lots of we may incorporate a, a faculty member. We may incorporate someone from admissions. But we'll get a committee together. We'll narrow the candidates. We'll find the three or four we want to bring to campus. And then it is a long day for candidates when they come to our campus because, again, lots of stakeholders on a small campus, lots of people are going to be impacted by this hire. So we want our community to meet these people. So it could be um, a meeting with the admissions office, a meeting with the cabinet, a meeting with some of the faculty. A, uh, a meeting with the head coaches, the support staff, one-on-ones with me, one-on-one with the with the president. And again, we, we just, two things, we want everyone to feel like a part of the process so they're bought into the hire. And, and two, um, we, we want our candidate to know that, hey, this job is so important that, and, and this job touches so many lives on our campus that we need the entire campus community invested. Now, everyone on our campus does not meet our candidates, but we um, we create lots of opportunities to uh, lay eyes and, and ask questions of our, our coaching candidates because, again, you're going to work with financial aid. You're going to work with um, admissions. You're going to have um, scholar athletes who are struggling academically. So you, the faculty is, uh, is is an important relationship as well. 
And, uh, and so what are we looking for in this candidate? We're looking for someone who's going to give a great experience, who is going to be invested in um, developing character. And we call it developing champions for life on our campus. We think there's lots of life skills that you learn through athletics competition. And, um, and, and, and so we want someone that not only wants to compete and win, but more important than that, they want to support the university's mission and, and build character and launch leaders of tomorrow. Uh, we're looking for someone who's humble. That's going to be a team player. And um, we're looking for that culture value add to our department and our university and, and someone who's going to bring a service mindset to us. Um, that's our process. And that's a little bit about what we're looking for. Do you, uh, how often in your searches do you have people in mind? You know, I know a lot of athletic directors would say, you know, I have a short list constantly going in my in my, you know, top drawer. At your level, do you guys have a um, yeah candidate list, or is it legit? Like whoever applies, we're gonna we're gonna dive into those that group of people. There may be people that I encourage to apply because I've notice something about them when we've competed against them or if, if I've met them somewhere, there may be some folks that I encourage to apply, but ultimately um, it, it's not a done deal when, when we go through this process. Now we could be on a short timetable and we've got to make a, a quick hire. And, and so that process may look a little different in those instances. Um, but when we when we have openings, they're always true true searches. Um, you know, I I do my homework. I look and and I try to recognize talent when I see it. Uh, but ultimately, it has to be a hire that everyone feels comfortable with. If if Sam loves them, and the rest of the feedback from the community is not favorable, uh, that person's not going to get the job because I want. And we need the entire campus bought in to our hires. Yeah. Which is a little bit different. And, and the student, I didn't mention the scholar athletes, but lots of um, whenever it's possible, when there's scholar athletes on campus, we will set up a meeting with our candidates and our scholar athletes because they may have the most important perspective to share uh, because they're the ones that will be impacted by the experience. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Um, 2019, you also, um, get added to your list of responsibilities, just a small, um, what, what am I trying to say? The small responsibility of student affairs. So now you're over athletics and student affairs, which are both big, huge balls to move down the court. Walk me through how you navigate that. What do you do? I'd love to hear just maybe some, I, I'd love to hear you riff on like the, the, how you handle personally, just time constraints, juggling, um, emotionally, how, yeah, walk me through all that. Well, and if you know what happened that first year, 2019, 2020, um, it, it got really interesting in the spring of my first year as vice president for student affairs. But, you know, I, I think what I've had to do is manage my time a lot better. I've had to learn to shut my door, my, my, um, my policy used to be open door policy. If if someone walked up, I would entertain them at any point. I've had to kind of shift away from that and pivot to being more intentional about 
setting time aside to actually get work done. But when you, when you can't do this without a high level of trust, you have to trust the people in your area. You have to trust the people that are um, working alongside you to get this done. If, if I tried to micromanage everyone, then I'd be divorced to have two sons that hated me and, and probably yeah. a, a group of uh, coaches and, and staff that, that didn't appreciate me either. So um, I, I, I think, you know, you have to hire really good people and student affairs. Um, we, we've got a Dean of students who really, he, that's the only additional direct report that I've assumed since um, that transition. And he's a veteran. Um, he, he's a veteran administrator. He's got lots of experience. And so we, you know, I, I have to trust him and, and just understand what it is he needs and, and try to remove those hurdles. Um, I do tell you, though, it's, you know, it can be stressful when, um, w- whenever the decisions of 18 to 22-year-olds are, are impacting the quality of your day. Uh, totally. it, it, it can come with some stress, but um, we've got really good students here. We've got really good staff, and um, it's – this role is, is a blessing for me because I, I feel like that the doors that, that this, uh, this role has the potential to open are, um, are, are much greater than maybe just an athletics background could, uh, could provide for me. And then I've gotten to know students that are not just involved in athletics. You know, I've gotten to, to know our student leaders and, uh, and have, been fortunate enough to play a role in their experience as well. So it's a blessing. And, and I'm, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from this, uh, some from mistakes, uh, lots, lots from mistakes and, um, and just gotten to develop new relationships with uh, folks that, that have a different mindset than maybe someone who comes from, from athletics. So I'm really excited about this opportunity of, um, it, it's difficult sometimes. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's it's um it's been a a growth variable for me. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pin you down. Other than learning that being a over student affairs during COVID is not fun. What is the primary thing you have learned? You said you've learned a lot. What is the what is the number one thing you've learned um, since your time at with student affairs? Well, I've, I've learned of all the variables that um, make up the, the student experience. You know, I had control over the, I didn't have control. Over, I worked to enhance the athletics experience. Sure. But now I've learned that, you know, the food they eat matters. The, um, the, the quality of the residence hall matters. Um, creating a sense of belonging outside of the team matters because that, that could have a season ending, ending injury or, I may not make it on uh, on the team. So how can we create belonging? How can we create community? Um, th- those are all things I always focused on those in an athletics context, but just expanding that and understanding that um, that it, it truly does take a village to uh, graduate a student and, um, and, and, you know, things from, from a, a, a dirty bathroom floor to um, you know, the 
quality of food in the dining hall, it all matters. Yeah. And that's not something that I really paid a lot of attention to in the past. And it's really just, it's, uh, again, it's serving, it's creating community, and it's investing in the experience. Love that. Talk about your daily uh, habits, your daily rhythms, just to to make sure you're not imploding your, yourself. Well, I try to wake up every morning really early uh, in time to to read. I've um, I've got this one minute pause app from John Eldridge that I like to play. Uh, I'll um, it takes ten minutes or so. I'll do that. I'll I'll read from a book. I, I try to get into scripture and really just start my day off positively and and spend some time. Um, in prayer now and I, I need to incorporate some some physical activity in there at some point travis i'm still working on that piece of it um but so that's kind of how my mo- morning starts out um, i try to load my mondays and tuesdays heavy with meetings so i can really take care of the meetings um and then try to wednesday through friday um my, my goal is to make those more uh, external type of functions and, uh, and and really knocking things off the to-do list. Uh, but I'll get to work about, I'll drop Caden off at school around 7.15, get to work around 7.45. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's really, when you get to work in this role, um, the best intended plan could, uh, could, could just get derailed because right. um, th- there's, in, in my role, there's there's lots of things that, that could happen. But ideally, you know, have meetings uh, in the mornings and then leave the afternoons to uh, float around, maybe visit with coaches and, and others on our campus and, uh, and and knock things off the to-do list. Try to get home around you know, six o'clock or so. Always have dinner with the family at the table and um, try to spend some time being a father and uh, Caden makes sure that, that, uh, that we listen to a little story for tiny people and, uh, and, and lay down for bed at, at about, at about nine o'clock. So that, that's how the day ends. Love it. It's so good. Um, you, you mentioned meetings on Monday and Tuesdays. What is your uh, meeting rhythm with head coaches? Well, I will meet with most head coaches once a month. Um, and then we'll have head coach meetings, the entire head coaching staff and administrators from student affairs. We will meet every two weeks on a Monday. And then our senior staff, which includes the assistant ADs, the sports information, compliance, athletic training, uh, that group will meet on the opposite Mondays. So every Monday there's either a senior staff meeting or a head coaches meeting. And, and um and and I've learned that because there's so many plates in the air, uh, I, I learned that I was not communicating with our staff as well as I needed to be. Uh, so that's one of the changes we made last year is I thought, okay, um, the the head coaches, even though they may not get to see me as often face to face, we can at least get into a room together twice a month and and I can communicate 
what's going on with them because um, not everyone reads their emails. It's probably better to hear it in addition to the email. And uh, and, and I've learned that it's it's gone really well. That the coaches have really appreciated uh, this extra time every month where we can just fill them in on what the discussion is at the cabinet level. Um, so how long is that meeting, Sam? Oh, we schedule it for 45 minutes. Okay. Gotcha. It's a quick one. And sometimes this week, our head coaches meeting, we were out of there within um, 35 minutes. But again, it's just getting in front of everyone, being intentional about relationships and um, you know, celebrating our wins and then just updating the staff on maybe what's come up at the president's cabinet level that that could be impacting them and their ability to recruit. So good. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask an advice question. I, at the end, I ask um, a very general advice question, but I want to ask this. Let's say there's a guy or gal comes to you. They're getting ready to take over an athletic department. They're going to be the AD. Uh, they're from the outside. They're coming in. They ask you, Sam, give me one to three pieces of advice, key crucial pieces of advice that you would give me as I come in and take over this athletic department. Okay. I, I would start by saying, don't make it about you. It's um, we, we're here to serve. And uh, when we bring a humility to the role, then our ability to connect is enhanced. And, and as, as you've taught me, uh, connection, clarity, and competence are, are so important. So um, when when we are, are humble, then I feel like we're in a better position to to connect with with others. I would say uh, you're gonna have to work really hard. That this this role is not nine to five. It is uh, sometimes a two a.m. phone call on a Thursday or maybe even a Saturday more likely a Saturday when you get the 2 a.m. phone call. Right. Um, and, and you've got to be able to, um, you got to be able to be flexible in this role. And um, we've heard about balance and, and I think you use the word a lot rhythms. And I think in, in our profession, it's, it's less about balance. It's more about, it's more about rhythms. Um, I would suggest though that, they would need to take care of themselves because you cannot give to others what you do not have yourself. And mm. so um, be humble, work hard, take care of yourself. And then if, you, if I can add a fourth, I would say be a collaborator. Uh, I, I think you get the best work out of your people when they're able to play a role in the decision-making, when they're able to play a role in the goals and expectations Um and then it's better for the university because instead of one mind working on a project, you may have 25 and, and um, collaboration is key. Good. Okay. Uh, I end with three questions. The first one, what are you currently reading? Um, I think you mentioned you do some reading in the morning. You can't mention the Bible. We know that you read the Bible. You got to give me another book. What are you currently reading? That's keeping you sharp, helping you grow. Well, currently I'm reading uh, Trust and Inspire by Stephen M. R. Covey. It is a really great read. I'm, I'm loving it. And um, What's your biggest takeaway? Number well, one takeaway. 
number one takeaway from that book is to win in the marketplace, you have to win in the workplace. And I think too often we're so externally focused that we ignore what's happening internally. And uh, if, if we get things going, if, if it's a great experience for those who are representing us, it's a great experience for our colleagues, then we will ultimately win in the in the marketplace. But you got to win in the work, um, got to win in the workplace first. So that's my greatest takeaway. I, I, another thing I want to share, man, um, if people haven't heard Erwin McManus, uh, his his uh, sermons, I listen to them on podcast, Apple, Apple podcast. Erwin McManus has been someone who's really sharpened the saw for me. He's, he's an incredible uh, author. He wrote the genius of Jesus, but I mean, his podcast, his sermons are just not only does it grow my faith, but I feel like it grows my leadership in tremendous ways. And, uh, and Travis, I'd be remiss if I didn't say working with you has been a, and, and this is not just uh you know, I'm not blowing smoke. You've you've been a game changer for me, and um, working working with people like you who have helped me to understand not only how to lead others, but more importantly, how to lead myself. That's that's been a game changer for me. So, dude, thanks. So, I, pr- I appreciate Vidmo's on the way. I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> Second question I ask: What advice would you give a young person just getting into the profession? I think I've already mentioned this, but just to to be um, to bring character with competence. Hmm. If if you're, I think great leaders bring character and competence to the role. Um, not only do you have to be good at what you do, but you have to be a good human as well. And um, and and I think sometimes, especially in athletics, we're tempted to maybe veer off the path for results. Uh, but if we trust the process and we work on our character and our competence, I think the, uh, the, the long game is a much sweeter one. Really good. And lastly, who would you uh, want to, I know you're a listener of coaching DNA, so I appreciate that. I kind of force you to sometimes, but who would you want to, um, yeah, who would you love to hear talk about their journey and how they build culture in their department and how they navigate the stress and strains of being an athletic director well there's there's four people that i uh that, that have come to mind I, I have some others but i know that you already know about those like jeremiah dickey you, you know about jeremiah you, you know about some of the other guys that uh laird veach you know about laird um i'm going to share some some names that may be off the radar that i think would be great bev ball bev ball is 92 years old and she coached McMurray until about five years ago, and she's got incredible insight, um, especially with, as, especially as it relates to um, working with young people and, and how that's changed. Bev's incredible. She'd be great. Uh, a McMurray alumnus, Grant Taff, he's uh, the legendary Baylor football coach. Yeah. He's another guy that is just an incredible person. He's got an amazing story about a plane crash that occurred when he was at McMurray as a coach and, uh, and how that, fa- that shaped his faith journey and, and how he used that opportunity to kind of make the most of his life. Grant's amazing. 
Charles Harris is um, my former boss at Averitt. He uh, was the AD at Arizona State, uh, was the AD at Penn, and went on to be the executive vice president at Averitt. And he's just got great stories of overcoming adversity and, and obstacles as a as a person of color. And he will do a really good job for you as well. And the last person I'll mention, if if it's okay, if I can give you four, yeah. uh, doc, Dr. Alan Culp. Alan Culp is, um, he's the former faculty athletic representative at Baldwin-Wallace University. He came and spoke to our staff last week on the virtues and, uh, and building uh, high-performing teams at uh, and, and Alan is just full of wisdom and and uh, and, and knowledge, and we, we took a lot out of his visit. So Bev Ball, Grant Taft, Charles Harris, and Alan Culp are, are four people that I think would be great uh, guests on your podcast. Cool. Very good. I appreciate those names. Sam, uh, good stuff. Really appreciate you taking time. Um, and, and man, it just as, as you were sh- walking me through, um, not only your journey, but even your journey at McMurray AD and then, and then add on student affairs. And you were talking about, um, you know, be understanding the, 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 the food situation and the door, like understanding a holistic view of a university. And I know Dr. Harper has been a, a massive impact on you and, and, um, you love, love her. Um, I, I just, I thought, man, Sam's a future president, probably not at McMurray. Cause it sounds like Dr. Harper's, uh, going to be there a while, but, but at some point it sounds like maybe there's a, a future president. I don't know. Maybe you want to be continue to be an athletic director, but I just, I could just see you as you're getting a holistic view and I know you, and uh, I think your skill set and giftedness and all that stuff lines up to just be an elite leader. So Anyways, um, yeah, casting vision for you there, Sam. Um, just I could totally see you because of the holistic view you have now being being a president. All that to say, I appreciate uh, your time this morning and uh, give us give have given us some really good stuff. Well, thank you, Travis. Appreciate the opportunity to join you today, and and really just really grateful for our relationship and and uh, all the ways you invest in me every week. It's been a game changer. <laughs>